0: Let's go, girls. Just tell me
1: what I can show you things that you could go. Yo. Let's
0: go. It's women talking football or WTF for short. Of course, never to be confused with WFT. My name is Mallory Hartley. I'm the associate producer here at Dave Campbell's Texas Football. And Dave Campbell's Texan Live, once again, sitting in the hostess's spot, talking on a mic. And sitting over there, turning the dials, making sure you can see me, making sure you can hear me. She's the AP to my AP. No, she's...
2: Yeah, that's correct.
0: She's the AP to my AP. She's AP. It's Ashley Pickle in the house, girl. What's going on? What?
2: What? What's that? <laughs> that you know? No. Didn't what? like that.
0: Why? <laughs> girl,
2: too much arms. Girl, too girl, much. What's going on? Too. No. What's going on? Okay. That's that? even worse. <laughs> that makes yeah. me want to stab my eyes out. Correct.
0: that's why I didn't do that. That's fair. <laughs> We're an internet show. Women Talking Football here every Thursday at 2 p.m. Talking Football around the Lone Star State. And this is already episode 60 of Women Talking Football. Before we get to things, how was El Paso?
2: Oh, it was great. Um, had a genuinely good time. We took a family trip out to El Paso um which rocked it was cool to get to see all the rest of the pickles out there my dad had been there multiple times before um growing up they used to do that and then go into uh Juarez just right there um like all the time growing up and so he had been out there but my mom and my brother had never been and when we first called my brother I was like hey like let's go on this trip to El Paso and Mm -hmm. he's like you and dad cannot be serious right now like you want to take a our first family trip that we've taken in years." Like, since I've been out of high school, and you want to go to El Paso, I was like, dude, trust me. Ended up having a great time. Good. It was awesome.
0: Good, good. Very fun. Now, that was for, yeah, like you said, vacation. I've only been there once, uh, and that was to watch North Texas play UTEP in uh, week zero of the 2022 season uh, with Mike Craven. So, that was a lot of fun. Um, But you brought up something interesting. I had always been told that L&J's Cafe was the best food that you can get in El Paso. Yeah. Best restaurant which i had it was fantastic it's don't get amazing. me wrong you discovered another place that might rival if not beat l j's yeah um kiki's kiki's okay
2: incredible i mean first and foremost let's make it very clear that you will not find a bad meal in el paso no no you impossible won't. to find a bad meal i the food there is so uh-huh. stinking good. Um, but yeah, Ellen Jays has been my go-to. It's my favorite. I absolutely love it. Um, love going for breakfast. They've got the cinnamon coffee. So that's fantastic. Oh, the huevos rancheros so are so good. Um, but we needed, we were there for multiple days, so we needed more places to eat than just l and um, And so I Googled, I was like, what's what's the best places to eat? I've been to Carlos and Mickey's as well. Carlos and Mickey's is fantastic. Mm-hmm. But the first one that popped up was Kiki's. And apparently it's really well known. I had just never been. Um, it was incredible.
0: Yeah, I need to get out there and it, try
2: it was incredible. So I need I feel like I need to try it one more time to like really put my stamp on choosing yeah. which one I liked more. Um, but goodness gracious, that was the picture I tweeted out of my dad with the burrito, burrito. and I said he found God in this burrito. Which it, means it was insane.
0: Which means we just need to go back and try both at in the same time. I'm so. determined
2: that we're gonna open up a Texan Live branch of El Paso and you know uh, what? Like I can, Texan Live West.
0: And I can take that off your plate. Yeah, I'll be the, well well i need I'll to be, be in manager, at
2: least the so. initial meetings
0: <laughs> um, and my
2: yearly check-in that i try to do with all of our texan live schools um but That's yeah funny. nothing against like houston or austin or dfw love all those places but a yearly oh, yeah. visit with coaches out in el paso sounds a lot more appealing than a yearly visit down in houston oh, again yeah. love houston great food town as well but there's there's added benefit to yes. going to el paso it's very
0: pretty and then canatillo's got that boise state field too it's the blue and mm-hmm. the, the orange it rocks yeah we
2: went across yellow. and did a. Uh, we went over to the casino and horse races right. in yeah. new mexico because it's right there too um so sunderland sunderland sunland sunland park yeah uh really fun horse races were a lot of fun yeah
0: yeah i'm glad you had fun glad you made it back safe thanks i missed you yeah. So glad you're glad you're back and, and here to entertain me again. So take care of me. Just kidding. <laughs> Mom! <laughs> Mom, come <Ma'am>. back! <laughs> Anyways, man, we've got a busy couple of weeks coming up ahead of us preparing for the beast that is realignment coming up here in about two weeks. And it can be kind of daunting, especially if you don't quite understand it in all of its moving parts uh, and how the process works and, and, and the words that go along with that and everything. So on today's show, we're really going to dive into what the process of realignment looks like. Um, we'll give you some key words to look out for um, and basically kind of walk you through what all goes into realignment that happens every two years. And then in the back half of the show, we're going to be joined by Birdville ISD's Associate Athletic Director, Miss Lisa Master, to talk more about realignment. Realignment and what it's like to host one of the major uh, main realignment sites in I call it the, the state War Room, of Texas. Yeah, I've never been to realignment. <laughs> yeah, I forgot this um, would I was be your an, first time. Yeah, I was an intern back in 2020, so of course I didn't go. Um, and then and
2: 2022, it got iced out. Iced
0: out. So I'm super, super looking forward to it. It's um, a blast. And yeah, yeah, I'm really excited for all the chaos because that's what our job is. It's chaos, but it's fun chaos. Yep. So. All right. We think it's a lot easier uh, to explain how realignment works through words um, that might be kind of confusing for people that aren't super familiar through the realignment process. So let's go ahead and start with the basics here with the U.I.L. You need to know obviously what the U.I.L. What the UIL stands for and their role realignment it's the university interscholastic league and it's the governing body for extracurricular activities in Texas public schools and of course one of their main responsibilities being Texas high School football and they are the ones that are in charge of realignment and man it is one heck of of a job. I'm glad it only happens two year every two Mm -hmm. years for their sake because it is one beast. Well and especially
2: because they're not only like if you remember back, it used to be that they just did one districting. And Now they split it up to where football and basketball have different alignments than the rest exactly. of the sport. So they doubled their Double workload, the work there. basically, which is insane.
0: Right, right. Now, the question for that is, does basketball happen during the same time? Like, does it happen the same year as football? Yeah, all realignment? the realignment happens at the same time. Gotcha, gotcha. That makes sense. Uh, I didn't know if it was like one year they did this, the next year they did basketball, mm-hmm. and it kind of flip-flop back and forth. Boom. Well, that's it. That's that's interesting. Um, but yeah, like as of right now, I think there's over 1,300 Texas high school football programs in the state, mm-hmm. maybe a little under that, 1,200, tw- something like that. Um, but that's a, that's a huge job. There's a lot of teams. And then, of course, you've got the big dogs, right? You've got the Allens and the Southlake mm-hmm. Carols and the Duncanville Norse North Shore with enrollments of thousands of students. And then you come all the way down to schools like Dell City and Benjamin um and Klondike with enrollments of less than a hundred mm-hmm. most of the times. So I mean, I guess for example, like me for Arlington, I graduated in a class more of more than like eight hundred kids. You graduated in a class of like one twelve. One twelve. Yeah. So yes. We very, didn't even have
2: five hundred kids in our high school.
0: <laughs> right, right. There's I mean, just so many different schools so many different sizes of schools so and they're also like hundreds and thousands of miles not thousands but hundreds of miles away from each other like if you take the el paso high school footballs right on way 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 in the west and then go all the way out east to texarkana like that's a lot of distance Mm. in between those schools so there's got to be some way that you can put it all together and figure out who's going to play who depending on where their location is and how many um students Students. are in each of those schools so again that's where the uil comes in and they say hey here's who you're going to play based on again location and how many people you have in your school so realignment is essentially just the restructuring or in this case redrawing of districts and this happens every two years so like we said back in 2022 was the last year that that happened Mm -hmm. um uh, and then of course this year it's going to happen again in a couple weeks so let's go ahead and start with snapshot day snapshot day is this is the day that schools are required to turn in their enrollment numbers for that next coming season and it always happens in october i believe Mm -hmm. this year it Uh, was october 27th october 27th yes um but anyways this is like the first major step of realignment um is figuring out which where these schools fall into each category which of course takes us down to the classifications 1a through 6a here Um, and you can see here some of the cutoff numbers for that Um, we'll get that to that in just a second but 1a of course being the smallest classification 6a being the largest classification and they figure out where these schools fall based off the cutoff numbers that the uil presents every two years for realignment so you can see up here from 6a we'll start in 6a actually no let's start down in 1a so you're going to fall in the classification of 1a if you have 104 105 students or below and then so up to 2a from 105 to 253 you will fall in the 2a range 3a 254 to 544 4a 554 to 1314 to 5A, 1,315 to 2,274. And then, of course, 6A, if you have more than 2,275 students enrolled in the school at that time, you will be placed in class 6A. Now, 6A, you only have one division, right? That's it. Mm-hmm. But until when you the playoffs. move down, until, of course, until the playoffs. When you move down to the 5a level and below you get split up into divisions now there are 32 districts in each classification 32 in 6a 16 in division one 16 in division two for 5a through um 20. 1a um and they'll be placed in either Division one or Division two based on their enrollments like you see right there. So overall you have your classifications and that's just kind of like the setting point, right for I guess just six A and then the rest, and then they take it a step further and they say, hey, because a lot of the times I mean when you get down to like two a division one, two a division two like those schools are a lot farther apart from each other. So it's like mm-hmm. you really got to be placed more specifically in a classification rather than like 6A, for example, Arlington ISD, right? There's five, six, 6A high schools in 6A. So there's really no need for like a division one, division two. Like they're all right like there. Well, well,
2: and the other thing is too, when you start like legitimately thinking about it as well Divisional numbers mean so much in divisional splits mean so much in the smaller schools because you think about that if you're looking at 3A division 1 they can have up to 544 right. kids if you go down to division 2 the lowest number that would still be put in that division is 254 i mean you're talking about a legitimate 300 person different like difference there right and that makes such a difference from straight up just enrollment numbers in the athletic programs correct when you get up to 6a and every single school has at least 2275 students they're not playing most of them aren't playing multiple sports right you're picking something and you're sticking with it so the difference between a Yes, Allen is an extreme, but if you take a normal 6A program that has like 4,000 students Mm -hmm. and one that has 3,000 students, guess what? You're still going to have more than enough good talent that you don't need to split those divisions. The difference between Duncanville and DeSoto playing each other, even though Duncanville is much bigger than DeSoto, they both have athletes. DeSoto won this year, you know? So it's like, that's why they don't split off because you're, you have so, so much to choose right, from, exactly. But yet, you go to the smaller classifications, and the difference between a two A division one team that has two hundred and fifty three and a one A division two, yeah, mean, exactly. Even at that point, like, um, it's, yeah. So it's just it means so much more. And mm-hmm. the other thing that you'll notice here too that doesn't need to go left unsaid is that look how closely they break these teams into that five mm-hmm. A division one, one hundred and twenty eight schools. Five A division two, one hundred and twenty two schools. Like. Three A Division One has 101 schools. Three Division Two has 100. So that's right. a whole extra layer on the UIL that they have to focus on is trying to keep those divisions like pretty similar with how many programs are in them. That's why they don't know until snapshot day what the cutoff numbers right. for those divisions are going to be. Because if there's 150 schools in Three A Division One and only 50 schools in Three A Division Two, they need to switch the numbers around. Right.
0: exactly. So then, so once UILs got them, got schools split up into classifications and then divisions, as well as districts. Like I said, there's 32 districts in each classification, 16 in each division for 5A uh, down to 1A. Then they're kind of split up here into regions, and this really never changes. The regions, it's I mean, the schools in each region change, but the the format I guess for mm-hmm. the regions stays the same and there's four in texas starting out in west texas that kind of snakes around the state of texas clockwise so you get four regions starting off in west all the way down to the south
2: and you'll notice here so this is the 6a alignment for football Mm -hmm. from this past realignment so this one on realignment day when you're going to the uil website and you're going to see what this is what you're going to see but you'll notice here Since there are 32 districts in 6A, then they break them down. Each region is district 1 through 8 is region 1 nine through 16 is region two, 17 through 24 is region three and district 25 through district 32 is region four. So I just feel like there's so many people that they're like, yeah, 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 I get the district numbers and like, I understand, but I don't understand how you remember regions. regions." And it's like, if you know the district number, Mm -hmm. you can eat, like you can know the district. So that's six A, That one's a little bit different. Like we mentioned in division one, because they split up the 32 districts into a, Division 1 with 16 teams and Division 2 with 16 mm-hmm. teams. You do the follow the exact same rule, but instead of 1 to 8, you go 1, 4 is Region 1, 5 through 8 is Region 2, 9 through 12, Region 3, and 13 through 16, Region 4. Right. So if you know what your district number is, you can know what region you're in. Just right. divide it by 4.
0: Exactly. Yeah, that's super interesting. Now, I, that's something that I didn't know up until, like, when you started last realignment right that that's how that works um and it's funny i mean i was talking about this before the show even started i really had no idea how realignment worked especially in high school because Mm -hmm. like i went to arlington um and i remember my junior year i guess my junior year was probably a realignment year yeah um and arlington seguin moved down to 5a division one when they were in 6a when they were just in 6a um so we didn't get to play them anymore and i was like i don't understand why they moved down like they're in the same school district right. as us. I just didn't understand. But now, obviously it's like, Oh, well they turned in enrollment numbers that were below the six, a cutoffs. Mm-hmm. So, and they did not, I guess, decide to opt up to play in six. A, Right. And <laughs> but,
2: regions honestly don't super matter until the playoffs, because no, then don't. that's, that's when, when you break the uh, playoff bracket into the four regions and you've right. got to see your path. That's, that's the only time we like really start talking about regions, but it's, it's good to know. And it also helps programs that think that they have a good shot for a state championship figure out like oh crap we're going to be facing off against the second best team in mm-hmm. the first round you know or right. oh we wouldn't end up seeing what we think is the next best team until the state championship because we're on opposite
0: sides of the bracket right exactly um and so most of the time i feel like it's pretty easy to figure out where these schools are going to be placed you can kind of guess oh probably going to be six a you're going to be in you know Just based on location, right? Mm -hmm. But there are some outliers sometimes. And one of the examples that I've heard used a lot is Stephenville. Mm -hmm. Stephenville is in kind of like weird no man's land. Like they can be placed in a school district with, or in a district with Waco schools. Mm -hmm. Sometimes they've been in a district with Fort Worth schools. Um, Are they going to go out to like the big country? Mm -hmm. You know, it's kind of just one of those weird schools where they could fit into multiple different categories Mm -hmm. and areas around the state. I don't think there's very many of those. Um, There was one that we talked about during the playoffs that was kind of like that. Um, It might've been Timpson. or Uh,
2: Brownwood is always the one that we keep our eyes on because Brownwood is that there, when I was in high school, there were two years that Brownwood was in Lano's district, which is, I mean, two and a half, two hours away. Right. But they always, they can either opt to go, East or West is the thing for them. Mm-hmm. Do they want to, the if they go East, their competition is a little bit stronger. Yeah. If they go West, their travel is a lot more, but it's not as difficult as competition. It hasn't been in the years past. So do they want to go play teams from the kind of Midland, Odessa, mm-hmm. Lubbock right. area, or do they want to go, East and South and play Lano and burn it. And now there are different classifications now than they were back then, but Brownwood is always one of them that they talk with the UIL and decide do we want to go East? Do we want to go West?
0: Right, right. And then you bring up a really good point too, because sometimes schools do have a say in where they want to be placed. Like DeSoto, DeSoto for example, they recently just turned in 5A Division I numbers. Mm-hmm. Um, but of course, if they want to, they can opt up to continue to play in 6A and then in 6A Division Two for the playoffs. Um, you can't opt down because I don't think that would be fair, but you can certainly opt up. Um, so again, if you're in 5A, division one and want to play in 6a you absolutely are more than welcome to do so and i think that's cool that they give the schools a little bit more of a say in that
2: yeah and like a a really good example of that obviously the DeSoto one is one that we're keeping our eye on and we'll talk about next week and stuff like that but in the past a really good one to keep your eye on is austin lbj Mm -hmm. austin lbj is a school down in austin isd that would rather opt up to play teams that are very close to them to cut down on travel right. and cost and time and all of that stuff, rather than going and playing the teams that are all the same size as them that but are far way away. farther out, right. that are not exactly. in the city of Austin, really. Right. And so it's like, yeah, you don't want to go up and play a Burn It when you could stay home and play that You're going to be playing with other numbers, but it makes more sense for them as an entity.
0: And I feel like it does become a real issue in those large cities like that. I mean, even in the DFW area, when you've got a couple of 3A schools, right? It's kind of like, oh, well, do they want to rather, you know, opt up and play in a higher classification so they can stay in around the DFW area? But is it like, oh we're not, we don't have as many people to, to, to play like that. So I don't know. I think it's kind of cool that they give the schools the opportunity to do that if they want to. Um, but yeah, so that's basically how realignment works a little short version of what happens every two years. Um, and so as it comes around the corner, we hope that we can give you a little bit more of an understanding of how that process, works and all of the moving parts that go along with it. And really truly understand how amazing the the UIL actually is for doing this every two years. So Pickle, before we go to the hotline, let's hear a good word from our friends at VCR Now.
2: Born and bred in Texas hits a little different, as it should. Texas love doing business with fellow Texans. VCR Now takes its Texas roots as seriously as its many partnerships with schools and universities around the state. 855-GO-VCR-NOW Again, that's info at VCRnow.com or by calling 855-GO-VCR-NOW
0: AP, let's go to the hotline and let's bring in the Birdville ISD Assistant Athletic Director, Miss Lisa Master. Lisa, how you doing? Thanks for, for hopping on with us today.
1: I'm doing great. Thank you for the invite. I appreciate it.
0: Absolutely. Now, whenever we have somebody new come on Women Talking Football, we love to hear more about you and your story and and what got you to the place that you are now. So, you know, how did you start off and and how did you end up in Birdville?
1: Uh, Well, I was born and raised in Birdville ISD and uh, very much a female jock uh, played sports in high school uh, played volleyball in college um, was hired at 23 straight out of college here in Birdville so I've been here my whole life I'm in my 31st year in terms of a career path I started off as a teacher and coach at Richland High School and then I went into administration in 2006-2007 and then I have been in this role as assistant athletic director since 2007
0: wow that's quite the path there now always kind of a a sports path there so that leads me kind of to my next question you said you started playing sports very early on did you always know that you wanted to work in something with athletics
1: I did. I was very fortunate to have some great coaches and uh, mentors, and I was just born and raised in sports and, and around guys, and so it's kind of all I knew, um, so to speak. So I was able to get in and out of college in four and a half years, um, not take anything I didn't need to take, and uh, just knew directly the path um, that, I, that I wanted to go um, and stuck with it.
0: Now, what is a, what's your favorite sport? I love asking that question because... We love sports here, obviously. So I love to know what is your favorite sport.
1: It's really hard to say, and the reason why I say that is because when I was going into high school, I was going to quit everything and go straight basketball because I thought I was the next, you know, basketball guru. That was my calling. But uh, I coach talked me out of it, and ended up playing volleyball, basketball, and softball, and then end up going to volleyball uh, for a college scholarship. So I have a unique story in terms of how that all came about, but. Uh, so I played college volleyball, I coached volleyball and basketball and and softball. I do. I'm very fortunate to have a 1999 state softball championship as an assistant coach. So um, it, it's very hard to say which one my favorite, but I guess the one I'm around probably the most uh, would would be volleyball.
0: Just a just a sports fan in general. I love that. That's. That's awesome. Now you wear a ton of hats from day to day. I mean, you just listed pretty much all the, all the stuff that you got to do um, throughout each day. Now, of course, you've got a huge event coming up in UIL realignment. And in, of course, Birdville being Birdville ISD being one of the host sites up here in the DFW area. What all goes into planning such a big chaotic event like that? I mean, we, all, we always joke it's fun chaos, right? But what all goes into planning such a huge event like that?
1: um it's it 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 is an event it's a great event that we enjoy hosting i call it like the wall street of sports for the state of texas um and as the fact complex manager as well as assistant athletic director um i get in contact with my technology uh with which all the latest technology we've been updating and upgrading everything to make sure we're at the highest speed level because at that nine o'clock time frame And when the whole state of Texas is trying to get on, sometimes you might have some lag. So we're trying to make sure with our technology department, we're good to go. Of course, we bring up copy machines. We're ready to to get everything copied off as fast as we can upstairs we have three rooms we have like a 4a and below and then we have the middle room being 5a and then the last room being 6a so the coaches kind of know where to start congregating um, in terms of what uh, division they are uh, for when that nine o'clock rolls out and and we're able to get it up on the screens and start printing as fast as we can print and then uh, people are looking for games coaches are looking for games they start trying to get a little bit in their groupings for the new district and some of them will draw uh, we know for 21 days, you can't do anything because of the appeal process. But some of them will draw numbers and get some ideas before they start meeting ahead of time. But it's, it's a great time. It's a fun time. And it's something I think everyone enjoys coming to every two years.
0: Now, of course, we'll be there. We're going to be doing a live show from there here in just a couple of weeks. And I have actually never been at this event. Um, back in 2022, of course, it got canceled because of the weather. We had, a, we had an ice storm like we usually do. So this is going to be my first time there. How many people or coaches, how many people do you expect to be there in total?
1: um i mean we have had probably i mean typically we open the doors at eight but we have people in the parking lot as early as seven thirty, um because we do have people travel from abilene or tyler wichita falls and um, we've had some people travel just to come because uh, it's a place to to connect and network with a lot of people at once so um usually you know we we i would say we host a, a good 400 people up there wow. at least
2: I was going to say, so I I have had the opportunity to go out and and enjoy y'all's event out there. Um, And I want to get your take on this because my favorite part of it, and we talk about it a lot at Dave Campbell's, but the nervous energy in that room from all of those coaches who are typically like, you know, you're, you, you're a coach yourself, calm, collected, uh, the nervous energy. It is, it's infectious almost how much it, for a person that has never been before. Can you explain what the feeling of that room is like before, before the, uh, alignments numbers are announced?
1: You know, people, they always come out with these predictions. And so people are saying, well, I saw this and I saw that. And, and it is, and it's, and it seems to be a, all these years I've been in this, it's never what people thought it was. Mm-hmm. There's always some kind of kink that's thrown into someone's district. As a matter of fact, I was joking with our director of health services, our nurses. I said, I need you February 1 in case someone decides to have a heart attack or pass out <laughs> because of, oh, my gosh, they're in shock because of where they've been. Um, but it is a nervousness. It is a. It is an all wait at 9 o'clock. And as soon as that comes out, I mean, it's it's never what everyone thinks it was going to be there's always some kind of thrown into a loop i mean we've been thrown into san angelo and abling before i mean we've been thrown all different directions so you just kind of really never know Uh, and it and it is very much a a nervousness as to where am i going where am i going where am i going and and it matters a lot to the coaches Mm -hmm. it really does
0: well and and You know, you working for Birdville ISD, of course, all the Birdville coaches are there, too. So what is it like to kind of, you know, see all the other coaches that come from, like you said, far away, but watching your own coaches in the school district kind of like figure out, oh, we're going to play this. We're going to be setting this like, what, what is that kind of like?
1: It, it is different especially if you get thrown out west or something like we have before we're like all of a sudden okay transportation is going to be affected uh, with meals and planning and you're going two and a half hours if we take a charter or not so there's a lot of things that play into that uh, with budgeting um, so it, it is a it is we're, we nervous and set and everyone contemplates and has their own rough drafts of what they hope or what they envision Um but we, we all just at the nine o'clock and all tells tales. Some of it people will come down from their nervousness and um and then some people take a little bit while well to process what what they've just um have have walked into.
0: That's awesome. And then lastly before we let you go, I know it's such a stressful event each uh every two years to plan, but man, it's gotta be fun. What's your favorite part about planning it?
1: Um, I think Getting our other departments involved, like, I, I, you know, technology may not always know what we do or what we do or the fun of we do, but I'm telling you, our technology people that have always been involved in this are like, yes, it's a big day, but it's a fun day. They kind of look forward to it just because of observing uh, what all they observe and go through, and that's not a part that they normally see. Um, so, I think getting some of the other departments involved and kind of see what we experience from our department, from athletics, um, and, and how we work together, and then they're just they're just in awe of the amount of people, the, the amount of networking, and also the amount of people are just uh, that are there and that much interest um, into what's going on. So I like bringing some of our, I mean, our superintendent will be here, several of the people in our district, and it's just a day that they look forward to and with great anticipation. And it's good for other departments in our district to kind of look and see a, a little bit of what we experience
0: well, Lisa, I can um, tell you from our standpoint that we are super, super excited to be a part of that special day with you guys. Um, we're super excited due to do the live show. Like I said, this is my first time. This will be Ashley's second time. So we're super excited to, to see you here in a couple of weeks. And uh, we uh, we thank you for having us out there.
1: You're more than welcome. And uh, I look forward to meeting you as well when you, when you arrive.
0: Absolutely. Thanks, Lisa. Take care.
1: All right. Thank you all. Have a great day.
0: There she goes. The Birdville ISD assistant athletic director, Miss Lisa Master. Man, I am just talking about it. Like, I get the excitement that she's talking about. Like, it's... It's stressful, I'm sure, for these coaches and it's chaotic. But at the same time, like there's so much networking going on and connection. And like, I'm just super excited to experience that and be a part of that for the first time.
2: Yeah, it's a I had never thought about it when she until she said it, but she is spot on when she says that it's the Wall Street of high school football and I mean just high school coaches in general but that's that is the single obviously she's been doing this for a while that's the best way to describe it because that's exactly what it feels like like you see the movies of Wall Street where it's like just chatter like everyone's looking up and then it's just like right, everyone's right. talking all at the same time that's exactly what it's like and for those who might not know the reason that that chatter is going on and why they do centralized locations because birdville is one of them mm-hmm. they usually have a big one out in abilene um that for kind of like the west texas yes. they have one in san Marcos marcus for basically yep. all of south texas so there's three to four different hubs where this is happening and the reason that there's so much chatter as soon as the um, districts and all the classifications and all that stuff has been set is because you're typically at that point looking for non-district games if they haven't yes. been set up because the other side of things that people don't always realize is you don't know how many other teams are going to be in your district. So if you think that it's likely that you'll end up in an eight team district, okay, you set three Three. non-district things, but if you get thrown in one that has seven teams and you need to make up another week, you instantly, you've got to set that game. And so there's people with nine districts that are going, okay, we only, we think we're going to be put in a nine team district. So we only set two Mm non-district games or whatever, all of that kind of stuff. Um, but then, I mean, there's there's districts that have four or five teams in them, you know? Right. And so it's like, man, you got to really start really. loading up that schedule, and you want to yeah. play someone that's kind of around your area, you know, like not too cre- incredibly far, or you get a lot of... Do you want to play up of, a
0: classification? Do you want to play down a division? Yeah, you, you get, know? like,
2: the El Paso teams wanting to play a South Lake Carroll, wanting yes. to play a this or a that. Like, all of that is kind of then thrown into a blender, too, where you think that you're good, but... The other thing is is you could have a, a game set up with somebody mm-hmm. and then they get thrown into a district that's got nine teams in it right. and you're like, Oh crap, we gotta take off a game. Exactly. So that's what all the chatter's going around. But it's like an instant nervousness some of some people are looking at their alignment going, Oh
0: crap
2: yeah <laughs> some are going you get stuck oh, in a district hell yeah.
0: with, uh, with a powerhouse exactly you know, of, and you're going programs no. and then <laughs> you know exactly.
2: um so there's always a wide array of emotions too yeah. that go into it or there's also and we'll talk about it next week the teams that if they end up in district eight versus district nine you completely flip sides of the bracket. Those are really fun to right. look out for. Like, will Carthage be region one or region three? Exactly. Those kind of things, like those small things. It's crazy how it can completely shake up a bracket.
0: Right. Well, and we'll, again, like I said, we're going to be there broadcasting the mm-hmm. entire event. It's going to be Thursday, February 1st at Birdville. ISD, Um, I'm, again, like I said, really, really excited. We're going to get all of the reactions from from coaches right when the numbers drop. We'll interview a couple of them, Um, but we'll be there to give you wall-to-wall coverage of... Realignment of the 2024 to 2026 high school football seasons and you kind of hinted it at it a little bit next week. We're going to be doing a big realignment show here on WTF where we will go in depth on kind of the teams that we should be looking out for maybe some that are teetering here on the edge like we mentioned DeSoto. Soto they turned in 5A division one numbers on snapshot day are they going to opt up to play in six a, um, and stuff like that. And yeah, maybe we'll mention one of your schools there, um, too. So yeah, I'm super excited for next week. It'll be a lot of fun. Yeah. This is always a
2: really fun time of the year. It's yeah. like football extended. It's like free football, you know, it's exactly. not actually football, but it gives us something to talk about in the off season and yeah. you can never complain about that. So big, big things,
0: big things, big things, big things coming. And then one more note again, before we go also in a couple weeks, we're going to make the You're trip up. down.
2: Yo, yo, yah
0: Fredericksburg We're so excited. For work. For work. It's gonna be for work. It's gonna be for the Hill Coach Hill Country Coaching Clinic where the wives have the most fun. Uh, we're going to be hanging out with coaches and coaches' wives. We're going to be drinking, um, playing games, um, kind of learning more about the clinic and, and making those connections, just kind of like we did last year. So we're very, very excited to do that. That's going to be the 9th and 10th of February over that weekend. And we tried to do a live show from there last year. It didn't work that well because. There's just not much internet internet in that part of the world. Um, So we're trying to figure out a solution to that, but we're definitely going to be there, whether we're going to be at a booth or kind of just walking around, getting to know a lot of people, Um, but we're going to be there. So super, super excited for that. And it's Valentine's
2: day weekend. So it's the perfect time. If you're a coach's wife and you're listening and you don't have Valentine's day plan, go spend the weekend. They can get some football talk out of them Like out of their system And then I'm telling Hang you The, the wives. wives have so much fun There's door prizes to win You get a bunch of It's awesome The whole city of Fredericksburg If you've been The main street Is all full of shops They have so many Of their sponsors That are local That give you discount codes yeah. You can go get free t-shirts You can get all of this stuff There's wine tasting I mean it the is food is good It's a, yeah. a couple's devotional So you'll be able to spend Some time with your coach Um, It's it's just It's, it's a really Really fun time So we hope that you'll Come join us at the hill country coaching clinic
0: yes absolutely busy busy couple of weeks coming up here but man we are super super excited thanks so much for tuning in today remember next week we'll be doing a big realignment show on thursday at 2 p.m so yeah we'll see you there